Captain's Log, the podcast devoted to discussions and insights into the supernatural, occult, and all-around strange happenings of our world. I think there's someone in the house Our goal? Us. To entertain and disturb, perhaps like no one has before. <laughs> Start date 10-22-2020. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Captain's Log. This is your captain speaking, Jose Valle Jr., joined virtually from the corn-filled meadows of Iowa by my first officer, Mason Schrader. Mason, how is the beautiful state of Iowa treating you? I just ate some airheads. Oh, nice. (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) That is uh, good. I'm glad you're doing all right. Seems like everything is going good then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got the airheads, so well, that's I something. Do. That's true. Everyone I eat will hopefully take a few minutes off my life. Yes. That's what we that's what we shoot for here at Captain's Log. All right, folks. Here we are uh, with the final part of our Northeast Urban Legend series and one step closer to covering all the worthwhile urban legends in the U.S., well, well, some of them are much less worthwhile. Well, than that's the, the thing, yes. And arguably, uh, not to undersell this episode, <laughs> but you will see that <laughs> apparently Vermont and Maine have the, the most, the least worthwhile of all the legends, the most just kooky caca fucking shit. Well, they got, have. yeah. They got Bernie Sanders running around up there taking care of shit. <laughs> right. they don't, they're not worried about it. Right. Uh, we would also like to remind anyone that hasn't already registered to vote to get on that shit. We don't yeah. like to get too political here on Captain's Log, except to say, fuck Donald Trump. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah. So let's get, that, uh, let's get that fat Cheeto racist fuck the, out of the White House and elect a man who uh, is decently stable and not a bumbling circus clown who can't seem to stand like a regular human being. Uh, it is worth noting, he's not racist against Cheetos. He looks like a Cheeto and is oh, a yes. racist. Right, sorry. <laughs> that is fat Cheeto, comma, racist fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, why the fuck does he stand like that? Have you seen his, there's yeah, like a big thing that's stands. going around right now of like everybody mocking his dance moves. He looks like he's getting rigor mortis while he dances, man. He's like, he is stands like he's doing the, the lean, the Michael Jackson lean all the time. Maybe this whole time he's just been trying to tell us how huge a fan of Michael Jackson he is. Well, they do the same thing to kids. So allegedly allegedly anyway for both of them uh yeah for both of them before we that'll cover us legally (laughs) i just talked to the lawyer we just talked to our captain's log lawyer which is just uh um it's just a sack of it's a sack of potatoes that i have next to my desk at all times that we've thrown a suit coat over (laughs) and And a fedora on yes yeah he's a real uh, we call him potato kiss finch yes there we go that's good. That was good, man. It's a real stretch. Anyway, before we continue our notorious narratives of the Northeast, let's give our disclaimer for those of you first joining us. We won't get to every urban legend out there, and we aren't necessarily covering the most popular legends from each state. 
The legends we choose are chosen on the basis of whether or not they would make for interesting conversation above all else. And we will continue with our rating system of spooky or kooky, which is exactly what it sounds like. We will be taking a look at the two states of Vermont and Maine today. Uh, with that out of the way, Mason, shall we get on the road? Beep, beep. I'm in the, I'm in the car oh, outside in the car. waiting hey, for you. Let me grab my bag. Honk, honk. Beep, beep. Um, vroom, vroom. I'm getting in the car. Was, yeah. All right. Oh. <laughs> what are we it's driving? It's a motorcycle. You're oh. on my. You're holding me <laughs> while we ride. Yes, that that is more on brand for us. Okay. <laughs> a road trip into the bizarre and unexplained continues into the Green Mountain State of Vermont. Mason, <clears throat> if you want to enjoy a good juicy steak later, what do you do? You put uh, it in the freezer, right? That was a hypothetical. Well, I don't really want your response. <laughs> oh, no, I'd put it in the fridge? Well, wait, if I'm doing it later? I, I don't know. You no, would the put fr- it in the fridge you'd have because to you, thaw. Don't want it, I mean, right, you don't want it to be... I meant later as in potentially a week down the road. You put it in the freezer, right? All right, I'm sure. It. I feel like you need me to say yes, so yes. Yes. <laughs> well, have you ever thought about maybe doing that with your grandpa? Eating a steak with him or no, no, putting no. him in the freezer? <laughs> putting him in the freezer to preserve him. Yeah, I'm going to be straight up. I've never thought about doing either with well, my grandpa. <laughs> uh, well, that that's kind of... It's a little sad, but it's also understandable. <laughs> this strange tale coming out of Vermont describes essentially that. This is a story of the frozen people. You see, Mason, surviving day to day in the 1800s was hard enough with the one million ways that you could die. One of which was the incredibly tough winters that farmers would have to suffer through, especially if you lived in fucking Vermont. These winters were so tough, not just because of the conditions, but because it meant that that through the winter, farmers and their families had limited supplies to survive off of. So a group of farmers living deep in the Vermont wilderness came up with a solution. Freeze the elderly or weak members of the families and then Uh thaw them out in the spring just in time to help with planting. You with me so oh, far? Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought they were going to eat them, and I was like, no, okay, no. seems like you could just do that with any kind of meat, but everyone knows Mason's down with the cannibals, yes. so. <laughs> we're going to get that on a shirt. Mason's down with cannibalism. Mason, down with cannibalism. No, that doesn't sound right, because it sounds like I want to take down cannibalism. Mason, cool with cannibalism. <laughs> Mason thinks cannibalism is all right, and then it's got you doing a thumbs up, or or Mason thinks cannibalism is groovy, and you've got uh, like hippie glasses on. Oh, that'd be good. I was yeah. just thinking it'd be like um, it'd be like a it's like a voting side, and right. be like, Mason, there we go. Eat the rich or the poor, just eat somebody. Yes, there we go. <laughs> those will be ve- we're shipping those out as soon as we can. Those will be very popular this time around. <laughs> So, a very strange tale describing this bizarre, unbelievable ritual was published on the first page of the Montpelier Argus and Patriot on December 21st, 1887. This story... It must have been a slow news day. Yeah, apparently. Or these fuckers just put whatever they, they wanted to on the, well, on the front that, page. That or, and I'm a big proponent of this, I think people from the 1800s were just fucking idiots. Mm-hmm. I don't... Look... <laughs> I wouldn't agree with you. I just don't know that there's any evidence for that. <laughs> that they are idiots? Yeah. Well, okay. I'm going to go put together an entire novel <laughs> worth of evidence, and then I'll get back to you. So this story uh, was initially reported as true at the time. 
It tells of a poor northern Vermont family who had established this idea to put their elderly family members in deep freeze. The following is from a story by Wesley S. Griswold. Griswold. <laughs> Fucking Griswold. old-timey names. <laughs> they always trip me up. Every time I write them, I'm like, oh, I'll be able to say this, no doubt. And then I get to reading them, and I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> it's just the worst. Right. So this is... Um, it's, Gr- the- it's Griswold. <laughs> yeah. There's no R in the end of it. It's Griswold. It's not that hard now that I'm reading it. Yeah, now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, (laughs) I fucked that up for no reason. That was on a silver platter for me. It's it's a very well-known last name thanks to the vacation movies. Yeah. So the story was titled For Mischief in the Mountains, and it was published by Vermont Life in 1970. The Argus and Patriot listed the author as A.M., noting the events took place in a mountain town some 20 miles away from Montpelier. A.M. wrote that the tale was extracted from his uncle William's diary. And this is directly from the diary. I guess they're north. I was going to do an accent, but I guess they're north. Well, I um, think you'd still do like an... I went on the mountain today and witnessed what to me was a horrible sight. It seems that the dwellers there are unable either from age or other reasons, to contribute to the support of their families, are disposed in the winter months in a manner that will shock the one who reads this diary. Unless that person lives in that vicinity. <laughs> Unless that person is part of the family, <laughs> which in which case you will be like that. Yeah, no, we, yeah, we do that. I will describe what I saw. Six persons, four men and two women, one of them a one of one of the men a cripple about thirty years old, the other five past the age of usefulness. This guy did not hold back. <laughs> He's fucking great. He's fucking laying into them. Lay on the earthly floor of the cabin, drugged into insensibility. God, I wish I was drugged into insensibility on the floor of the cabin. You and me both. (laughs) (laughs) While members of their families were gathered around them in apparent indifference. In a short time, the unconscious bodies were inspected by several old people, but not apparently so old that they're past the usefulness age. (laughs) Who said, They are ready. They will then they were then stripped of all their clothing except a single garment. Then their bodies were carried outside and laid on logs exposed to the bitter mountain cold air. The operation having been delayed several days for suitable weather. A whole scientific was, ass approach to this. It's very yeah. It was night when the bodies were carried out. The full moon, occasionally obscured by the flying clouds, shone on their upright, ghastly faces. This is clearly written by a writer. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, right. Like no, this is not an uncle's exactly. diary. This is like no, no Uncle Williams is fucking. <laughs> yes, it's, it is. Was it cold to some of them? <laughs> yes, the moon, often obscured by the flying clouds, shone on the upturned, ghastly faces. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> And a horrible fascination kept me by the bodies as long as I could endure the severe cold. Soon the noses and ears and fingers began to turn white. Then the limbs and face assumed a tallow look. 
I could stay in the cold no longer and went inside where I found the friends in cheerful conversation. In about an hour, I went out and looked at the bodies. <laughs> they were fast freezing. I could not shut out the sight of those freezing bodies outside. Neither could I bear to be in the darkness. But I piled on the wood in the carnivorous fireplace and seated a it's shingle cavernous. block in the cavernous <laughs> fireplace and seated on a shingle block past the dreary, terror-stricken night by the horrible sights I had witnessed. Wow, this is a... Okay. <laughs> January 8th. We shall want our men to plant our corn next spring, said a youngish-looking woman, the wife of one of the frozen men. And if you want to see them resuscitated, <laughs> you come here about the 10th of next there May. There is no way oh, fucking poor farmers in northern Vermont were fucking saying resuscitated. All right. I, I just, I don't, even if they were, what is this fucking guy doing up there? <laughs> that he doesn't, they have to freeze the elderly, but this guy is this allowed guy's to hang out. around and just documenting all this shit. <laughs> I'm writing a book. <laughs> The men commenced work at once. Oh, this, this is, is on May, May 10th, right, yeah. yes. The men commenced work at once, some shoveling away the snow and others tearing away the brush. Soon the box was visible. The cover was taken off, the layers of straw removed, and the... F- yeah, just foodies. I don't know what that is. Okay, um, but also wouldn't straw insulate them and keep them warmer? Mm, but is there mm, like a specific hey, temperature? Mm, hey, sh- okay, sh- you're right, good point. The the layers of straw removed and the foodies frozen and apparently lifeless. I think he was referring out. to bodies as foodies, which this might be somebody of your camp, Mason. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Apparently lifeless, lifted out and laid on the snow. Large troughs made of hammock logs were placed nearby, piled with tepid water, into which the bodies were separately placed. With the head slightly raised, boiling water was then poured in the trough from kettles hung on poles nearby until the water in the trough was as hot as I could hold my hand in. Hemlock bows had been okay, had been put in the boil <laughs> had been put in the boiling water in such quantities that they had given the water the color of wine. Oh wait, what? Mm. That's blood, I think. That's fucking blood. That He's like blood dead. <laughs> they fucking killed him. The, he put so much boiling water on a frozen man that the color, the water turned to the color of wine? Yeah, that is blood. Yeah, that's blood. <laughs> After laying in this bath for about an hour, color began to return to the bodies. It was red when because all, of the blood. <laughs> yes. When all hands began... Ugh. <laughs> When all hands began rubbing and chafing them, this continued about another hour, when a slight twitching of the muscles of the face and limbs, followed by audible gasps, showed... (laughs) 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 Uncle Henry, you're awake. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) I'm so frozen. Oh, my God, my penis is still frozen. Rub that. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. The 1800s were a terrible time to be alive. <laughs> All right. Where did I, I um, lost my place? Um, uh, audible gasps. 
<laughs> right, Audible. Followed by Audible Gast showed that life was not quenched and that vitality was returning. Spirits were then given in small quantities and allowed to trickle down their throats. Whoa. Soon they could swallow and more was given <laughs> to them. <laughs> when their eyes opened and they began to talk and finally sat up in the bathtubs, they were taken and assisted into the house where after a hearty dinner, they seemed as well as ever and in no ways injured, but rather refreshed by their long sleep of four fucking months. <laughs> <laughs> fucking human popsicles. Now, this happened so long ago that I couldn't find any evidence as to whether this was a hoax. Oh, Simply, yeah, that's because of, because of how long ago it happened. Right. Is why you couldn't find any evidence. Not because it just was a made-up story. Simpl whether this was a hoax? Simply the imagination of Uncle William or A.M. But we do know that modern science still has not found a way to preserve people and revive them in a successful manner, as too much cell damage occurs during cryogenics. Except for Walt Disney, whose head is definitely frozen, and he will rise again one day. I'm Alas, fucking Nazi. <laughs> Alas, Mason, heart of spook or heart of kook? Uh, kook. I mean, this is the I, fucking most baddie fucking story I have ever, ever heard. They used to free. I mean, why? They, no, just mur I, just murder your grandfather then. <laughs> just let him fucking die. <laughs> yes, I mean they're not lasting the winter that long anyway. Imagine you're just fucking taking a stroll in the winter time. You fucking trip, and you're like, ah, what the fuck was that? And you clear the snow, and there's just that somebody's dead, fucking somebody's frozen ass, butt ass naked grandpa. <laughs> oh, that's just grandpa, yeah. Oh my god, he it tripped on his dick. Him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got a real anaconda down there, doesn't he? <laughs> that's his icicle. That's um, old grandpa hug. <laughs> yeah, fuck that story. That's the dumbest shit I ever heard. <laughs> I, I don't like to use that kind of language sometimes with these with these uh, legends because uh, you know to each their own. But fuck that, that was stupid. No one is. No one is. I mean, okay, if you're the person who's like swearing to God that that's real, send us an email and we will have you on this podcast and talk to you about it. Where we will just make fun of you. No, we will episode. have a we will have a real conversation. Not me. I'll just keep going. No, no, you're an idiot. That didn't happen. Shut up. Shut up. All right, let's. Let's make a stop at Vermont's beautiful Lake Bomosine. It is the largest sure. lake entirely within Vermont borders. It measures Congrats. 9 to 14 miles long. And if you speak to the locals about it, they will tell you that there is something compelling about this lake. That a strange There's something very compelling about the lake. Sorry, that was I don't do as good Sanders, but that was what I was trying to do. That a strange energy resides there. Here, hang on, let me take a crack at it. There is something very compelling in the lake. That's pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's me, Bernie Sanders. I live in the Hello, lake. Hello, everybody. I have made an appearance on Captain's Log Podcast, one of my favorite podcasts. This is Bernie Sanders endorsing this podcast. Hey, thank you, Bernie. Thanks for coming in. Thanks. Oh, bye. Okay, Thanks. bye. Wow, oh, wait, real quick, fuck? Bernie. Uh, we did have one question for you. Yes. Can you say super casualistic XP out I will say this instead. Suck my dick. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, Jesus. Wow. Bernie, wow. Unnecessarily mean, okay. but I mean, right. I guess. Did you want, Bernie, real quick, did you want an airhead? Yes, please. I like to have the airheads inflate my head like in the commercials. 
wow. Okay, okay, fucking hell. You learned something new about these guys, huh? He's still got my vote. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. If anything, that sold me more on him. Um, okay. Uh, so they're all like, hey, there's a strange energy that resides there. They will all tell you they felt a strong, unexplained pull to the lake, as if a connection had been formed. What is this strange energy? Is My res- dick. <laughs> it's called horniness, everybody. I feel the same strange energy called to hey, me at night. Hey, Tim. Tim. Yeah? Hey, listen, I don't, I don't know how to say that. Do you want to fuck this lake? Oh, I want to fuck that lake so bad, man. You want to fuck the I lake, right? I want to fuck the shit everybody out of Everybody I've met, why do they all want to fuck drive this by, lake? I don't know. Every time I drive by, I'm like, Fuck. You, right? It's something. Oh, God, I would. Shit. I just want to fuck this lake, and I don't know why. Do you want to go tag team this lake with me right now? I'm already balls deep in this oh, lake. Yeah, Look I'm down. T- All right, here we go. I'm just fucking two dudes just sitting in the water, fucking humping the water. Oh, fucking. Just, uh. All right, kids, let's. Oh my God. Okay, we're gonna go this way. Come on. Bumosine. <laughs> What is this strange energy? Is it responsible for the numerous unexplained experiences and legends that call this lake home? Is this energy benevolent, or is it something more sinister? The name Bomosin is an Abenaki word that translates to keeper of ceremonial fire. Lake Bomosin has a number of strange legends. Perhaps the most known one is that of the three Irishmen who disappeared on the lake. According to legend, one night in the 1800s, Three Irish slate workers from West Castleton obtained a rowboat and decided to row to a tavern on the eastern shore to have a night of fun and unwind. Oh, I can't wait to have me balls tickled. <laughs> oh, Seamus, <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh, I want to fuck this lake. <laughs> it's funny that you should say that. I've been wanting to fuck this lake for a long time now. <laughs> kind of lost it there. Um, It's hard. It's not easy. Yeah. Have you... Whose horse is that? Have you seen that that TikTok of the Whose guy? Whose horse who's, is that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whose horse is that? I fucking love that. <laughs> However, they never arrived. The next morning, their rope because they were too busy fucking the lake, they passed yeah, out and they uh, fucking yes. drowned. Yeah. The next well, I, morning, I didn't even. I let go the the low hanging fruit of the, the the Irishman rowing across a fourteen mile lake to go to a tavern. I'm not even. <laughs> I didn't even do anything about that. However, they never arrived. The next morning, their rowboat was found abandoned in the waters. No sign of the Irishman anywhere. Uh, it's on Netflix. Um, it's the fucking Irishman three is on hours, Netflix. honestly. Eh. It's not worth the watch. Um, it's a good Just thing watch that, one of his better gangster movies. I think so, yeah. But the locals swear that on certain moonlit nights, the phantom rowboat can be seen, floating on the water with ease and making no disturbances on the water. Oh, I want to fuck this lake so badly. Say, Seamus, uh, we ever going to make it to the uh, the tavern? I, I lost it there real bad. <laughs> there is another strange tale that calls Lake Bomosine home. Towards the north of the lake is an island. It is mostly undeveloped aside from an estate on the southern tip. It is on this island that the entirety of Vermont's giant rabbit population is said to reside. As their name implies, these rabbits are distinctive because of their size and their glowing mm-hmm. red eyes. Mm-hmm. It is said that the island became their home after they somehow made the 30-foot jump from the shore to the island. But How big are they? They couldn't get back. Hang on. Oh, okay. Since the bigger rabbits were the only ones that could make the jump, 
They were the only ones trapped on the island. And being rabbits, they fucked. And fucked and fucked until they had created over the years a new breed of massive Bugs Bunny-looking motherfuckers. Some eyewitnesses claim that they have gotten as big as Volkswagens. So there's your answer. Okay. But this... That's a big-ass rabbit. This is fucking giant. <laughs> but this isn't a new white man myth. That should be a band right there. <laughs> nice. White man I, myth. Oh, white man myth is yeah. a good band, although I feel like it might attract a bad crowd. But that's the thing, is, is yeah, yeah. That's one of the ones where it either goes real well or, like, <laughs> it goes real bad. real bad, yeah. Yeah. As the Abenaki may have stories of these gargantuan carrot lovers... Okay. Um, Honestly, though, how fucking scary! No, would no, that yeah. Be? Like you're you're out on the lake one day. You see the island. You're like, hey, let's go fucking take a like just chill at the island for a bit. You're with your friends. You're like, yeah, hey, I gotta go take a leak. You go into the woods. You're doing your business. You turn. There's a fucking Volkswagen-sized fucking. Red Eye Rabbit, right fucking Dude, next to I, you. Honestly, that's fucking terrifying. Um, that's like one time when I was a kid, I watched this like very artsy short film, animated short film called God Escargot. You're gonna fucking bring up the goddamn snail film again. <laughs> it's not that fucking scary. It was thing. to me. It was Jesus to me. Christ. But at the end of Escargot, where these giant fucking uh, sl- uh, snails attack Paris, there's giant rabbits. And that always terrifies. Oh, that's right. So, I mean, they do rape a woman, and that was not okay. What the fuck was up with that? That's what fucked me over so much as a kid. Those snails raped a woman. The fucking snails rape a woman. Even how the fuck? Why? Well, doesn't matter. Yeah. And the only other tale worth mentioning. Snails are all rapists. I don't know if you knew that. Right now, snakes are or snakes. Snakes. (laughs) No. Yes. Fuck. Cancel snakes. I don't like snakes. Snails. Snakes are fine. Snails are over party. Hashtag snails are over party. And the only other tale worth mentioning from Lake Momo scene is that of the I can't believe that there's still another one after we've gotten giant Mm -hmm. rabbits Mm -hmm. and three disappearing Irishmen. Is that of the possible lake monster that could be responsible for the disappearance of the three Irishmen. In 1986, a man and his wife were out on the lake fishing on their 17-foot long boat when they saw what they described as an extraordinary creature swimming beneath the surface. It resembled a giant eel. They described it as eight to nine inches in diameter and twenty feet in length. So I mean, my, that's, that's a, a description it's long, of my penis right there. <laughs> but it's that's not that uh, wide. That's not that wide. Um, I guess well, actually, wide, no. Actually. Now that I think about <laughs> it, I'm, I'm inches, make, it's like yeah. a basketball, right? Uh, yeah, 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 probably. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how big a basketball is. Probably. I was more of a book kid. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I'm not really. Man. I'm trying to picture it in my <laughs> I was hands. Part of a and... book kid. Well, that's about okay. Let's see. An an average book is about uh, what, what would you say? <laughs> Seven inches, eight inches. It's about a book. It's about a book. Okay. A book and well, then some. Thank God we put this in ways that we understand. Right. Um, not wanting to attract the attention of this giant beast, they quietly reeled in their bait and headed back to shore. This. <laughs> <laughs> Just like uh, oh, the, oh, the man, scene from, <laughs> from fucking uh, vacation or whatever, where he's like, you noticing all this plight, kids? <laughs> they get gunshot, and he's yeah. like, roll them up. Just, <laughs> they're just, he's just like, hey, honey, was that a 20-foot eel? Click, 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 click. Yeah, let's, click, 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 click. let's get out of here. Yeah, let's just go. <laughs> 
This was the only reported sighting of this lake monster, but could it be that it was what caused the disappearance of the three men whose ghosts now haunt the waters? So what tinky, Mason? Spooky or kooky? Was that a pirate? That was yeah. a pirate. You mm-hmm. used it a pirate. You yeah, were trying to do Irish, lake weren't monster. you? No, no, no. It was a lake monster. I, I meant to do. I can I can do it in Irish here. <clears throat> so what tinky, Mason? Spooky or cookie? This hey, is a very... Is these are, this is, this, I, I'm going to say this right now. My uh-huh. Irish accent is very much a caricature. I mean, no offense to any Irish folk out there. We need to break yeah. into Ireland, and um, I'm, we're gonna we're gonna tread lightly here. Well, yes. Sorry. Is uh, um, McGregor's Irish, right? Yeah. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that? Okay, I think I got. Yeah. It. So a Tinky yeah. Mason, oh, oh. spooky or cookie? Nah, that was Scottish. Fucking hell! Just whatever. What do you think? <laughs> I'm losing my mind over here. Um, um, seems, <laughs> here's what I think. Yeah, you it go. It seems first. like they just really want this lake to be something. Again, it seems like everybody just wants to fuck the lake, and they're I trying think, to find yeah. a reason as to why they would possibly want to fuck this lake. <laughs> they're just it's denial. Like, no, 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 we don't want to fuck the lake. It's just that there's a monster. There's a monster. And those three and guys. guys uh, it's just, that's right. Those three guys. They disappeared. Right, and yes, um, yes. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, okay, um, uh, the, 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 the giant rabbits. Giant, giant rabbits. rabbits. Giant rabbits. Yes, okay. Giant rabbits. Right, there's also good. the giant rabbits. So right, it's not that we want to fuck the lake. Off. It's not that we want to fuck the lake. It's that there's a giant eel, a giant rabbits, and those three guys disappeared. So what are you gonna do? What? Oh, I <laughs> I started fucking the lake. <laughs> Shit. Tim, fuck, we're still on camera. Um, I mean, I dropped something. It needs to sound more watery, you know, doesn't it? It sounds like he needs help going to pick that up. I'll be right up. I'm going to go help him pick that up. <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. That was actually, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking... The, the giant, the rabbit one is fun. The Irish yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, the lake monster are like, okay. Cool, I, yeah, that's, that's probably just happened like, in every other lake. Well, I can even, like, I'm going to be honest, I would believe, I don't know, what's the world's biggest eel ever found? Well, that was a thing that I found, um, uh, that some sci- some experts were like, well, that's plausible. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too, um, like, you know. Let's see. The European conger is a species of conger in the, whatever, how fucking big is it? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty big Ew, from what I, in the gross. pictures I can see. They are pretty icky looking. Okay, this says, Conger includes some of the largest type of eels, but average weighs just the, uh, five kilograms. It is around three feet. Yeah, uh, the one I saw is uh, European congers have an average adult length of four feet and 11 inches, so like five feet. But a maximum length of about seven feet is known. Yeah, possibly okay, so. up to nine point eight feet, which is ten. So okay, well they keep they just keep like they're like well it's about five feet. Uh, the bigger uh, ones are seven, uh, and they could be up to ten. Uh, I mean, we're <laughs> um, gonna be honest, they're kind of icky. We don't go looking for them that often. They're gross. Have you seen them? Ew. Um. Okay. Well, still though, I believe that that's uh, I believe that there could be a twenty foot eel. Yeah. There's or like it was a just a log 15, floating underwater. Like a, well. Wow. Yeah, that could have been it too. That's a good point. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that it was probably just a stick. Whose eel is that? Not. Nah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Whose horse is that? Whose horse is that? Ah, uh, the 1800s. A time of unexplored wilderness, of rugged individualism, 
of living off the land, of lawlessness, of shitting outside, and where a whole region could be harassed by a particularly mischievous bear nicknamed Old Slippery Skin. Mason, I, li- I, live, I live for when we come across these old school legends. Uh, this one didn't disappoint. Oh god, so this one's gonna be just as good as uh, what was it? Hooky Hooky Jack. Hooky Hooky Jack, Jack, yeah. Hooky Jack and uh, the Leather Man. <laughs> yes. Let me set the scene. <clears throat> In the eighteen, or fuck. <laughs> good <laughs> scene setting, Jose. Thank you, everybody. Thank you you should narrate my life. Mason then walked into the b- kitchen. Fuck. The bathroom. He walked into the bathroom. <laughs> Jesus Everybody, Christ. I have COVID. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to go. I don't think I should be doing this podcast with you. They travel through the microphone, you know. They do, yeah. Are mm-hmm. you wearing a mask? <laughs> yes, are you? Of course. We're talking to right. each other at a microphone five states away from each other. <laughs> and that's not enough, everybody. Please wear your it masks. Sounds, oh, yeah, Please it sounds like we're making distance. fun of masks, but Please we're not. <laughs> fucking sanitize. don't be a dumbass. Wear a mask and social distance. Okay. <clears throat> In the 1700s, the Northeast Kingdom was frontier country. Its inhabitants sure. were woodsmen. Hunters, trappers, Obviously. fishermen, and yeah. the likes. And according to legend, <laughs> sure, yeah, people who wore flannels, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And according I get to it. legend, it was also inhabited by a strange bear-like creature that would harass and terrify the settlers. While some always- say bear-like creature, others say just Mason a bear. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey, can I have some of your jerky? <laughs> oh my god, you guys god. got jerky? Why are you? Its pants are so tight. It looks like part of his skin. I just—they're just, they're what just a pants, guys. Slippery bastard! <laughs> Stop trying to fucking touch me, you gross assholes! <laughs> I just wanted some of your meat. Quit it. Oh, we'll give you our meat. Come here, boy. Oh, I gotta go. <laughs> slippery, old slippery skin. Away, oh, slippery skin. One of these huh? days, I'm gonna find that fucking bear, and I'm gonna fuck it. I mean, I'm gonna catch it. I'm gonna catch it. I'm gonna catch it. So this bear would always manage to slip out of capture, thus earning him the nickname of Slippery Skin. Clever. Right? They're so clever. The Native American tribes of the area had been calling him Weejuk, or Wet Skin, for a while before any white colonizer ever encountered him. I I just go go into them every time. I just love it. It's not even you go into It's just these little little cuts. It's just like white colonizer. Let's move on. This creature seemed to get the satisfaction from tormenting the livestock, undoing all the work of farmers, and sticking logs into bear traps. Like, here's the thing. Okay, two-thirds of that is just a thing that a bear does. Right. I don't even blame him, so. Yeah. No one is sure of just how old Weechuck, or Slippery Skin, really was. But one thing that is certain is that this beast seemed to have, have a hatred, or at least hold a grudge against humans. Once again, that's just, that's just a thing a bear. bears that's do. Just a bear. They just do. They just bears just hate bears people. Bears don't like us. We they don't want it. We've hunted a lot of them into extinction. A lot of them are gone. California, we're looking at you. Yes, um, but also even before that, they were just like, mm, you know what? I'm 400 pounds heavier than you and two feet taller than you. What I if I just gash you to you. death? Right. Yeah. When I watched The Revenant, I was rooting for the bear. I think we all were. Well, because the bear doesn't fuck Pete girls twenty years there. Oh uh, well, okay. Minor. Okay, so every time, this is the thing. If I go after Leo because of his obvious predatory behavior, it's no one not says and everyone's everyone's like Mason. They're over calm 18, down. Mason. Yes, they're over eighteen. He's fucking fifty. 
So, look, I'm just not crazy. If we read a story because right now in the, the 1800s where a 50-year-old married a 19-year-old, would you be like, ew, gross? Oh, but, no. but because it's Leo, if it's I okay? If I criticizing Leo, when I get to that age, I won't be able to date 25 You won't be able 20 to. 20 to 25-year-olds. It's not 20 to 25. He breaks up with them they're... before they're 22. That's fine. He likes them young. What do you want me to do? He doesn't pay my bills. You're seriously okay? Oh yeah, sure. Why? Yeah, gross. Well, you think you think Harvey Weinstein's innocent too? No, that is completely different. You're right. It's less predatory. Fuck no, no. The first no. Well, Weinstein isn't less predatory. Leo is less. Predatory. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. The first Still reported, gross though. The first reported encounter. Keanu's anyway. dating a guy, a girl his own age. The first reported encounter <laughs> any white man had with him came from a man called Duluth, a scout with Rogers Rangers. Sounds like a like a 1970s western show. Rogers I just watched. Rangers. Yeah, I just watched Star Trek two, uh, Star Trek two tr- Troopers. I'm fucking having a stroke. <laughs> Star Trek. Tr- no, what the fuck? Starship Troopers. There it is. Jesus Christ, I already uh, called the paramedics. They're on their cut, way. Cut that out. Please cut that out. <laughs> oh, I just watched Starship no. Troopers, and they had Ryvax uh, Roughnecks, and mm. I, that's I'm going to choose to call this the Ryvax Roughnecks okay. now. Well, that's a was, long way to go for a reference nobody's going to enjoy. While he was passing through the area in 1759, Duluth wrote in his journal that as he made the return from hmm, Memphremagog. <laughs> oh, my God. Mimfermagog, yeah, Mimfermagog. Yeah, the scouts were being annoyed for not reason by a large black bear. I imagine, oh, he's a Dutchman, right? Did it say he was Dutch? I imagine he's Dutch. Okay. Sure. I can't do a Dutch accent, so I don't know why that matters anyway. <laughs> were ever being annoyed for not reason by a large black bear who... <laughs> Keep going. Is it, th- is it throw? It just says who would large pine yep, That's No, yeah, that's what he said. Oh, okay. Large pine cones. By a large black bear who, with large pine cones and nuts down from trees and ledges, the Indians being also disgusted and... Uh, I lost it. Go ahead. You can take back. And know him and call him Weejuk or Wetskin. Slippery's... Slippery skins. Slippery's? <laughs> I'm a calm slippery. Slippery skins harassment of the local population continued well into the 1800s when towns and villages were growing and these encounters documented in town histories or gazetteers. Fucking hell. Now I'm having I think it's gazetters. I think it is gazetters. Here are a couple of examples. Maidstone was a scene in very early days of numerous depredations by an old bear known as Lip Slippery Skin. Fucking hell. Slippery Slippery Skin. (laughs) This is a man who had uh, suffered a stroke, so bear with him, all right? Nastiness was to him a pleasurable activity. According to contemporary (laughs) accounts. It's a fucking bear. It's just doing bear things. (laughs) It would just shit wherever and try to eat things like Uh, a bear. No, no, no. Listen to this. This is where it gets not so much bearish. Filling sap buckets with rocks, throwing barbed wire into hay rakes, and mowing machines were commonplace. Um, uh, Throwing uh, barbed wire into hay rakes and mowing machines were commonplace amusements with him. There's a story that Governor Jonas Galusha, who had a reputation as an excellent hunter, declared one time during an election year that he personally would route out Slippery Skin from the northern Vermont woods once and for all. He claimed to have a plan, 
which he had never, which had never been tried before. Here's Our my plan. plan. I'm gonna put on a bear suit, but this bear suit, it's gonna have a bow on the top and a bikini, and a bikini bra, and, right, governor, and, governor. and 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 it's gonna be, it's gonna the panties, it's gonna have panties, governor. and I'm gonna go out. Yeah, one second, sir, governor. and I'm gonna go out in the woods, and I'm gonna go. You who, Mr. Slippery Skin? I'm just a little lonely bear in the woods. Governor, and it should be. What is it? Um, we decided to impeach you. You're clearly incompetent. Is it? Is it because I'm already wearing the bear suit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's definitely why. Well, I'd like to see you impeach a bear, motherfuckers. Okay, well, it's, it's you, so we still know it's you. Okay, well, it's me. I'm on slippery skin. Look, I've pulled off my mask. Is, ah. is there a bear face underneath? I don't... No, it's just my face. Okay, well, you get your shit out of the fucking governor's house, okay? Okay. Mm, yeah. A I'm party still gonna of men- fuck that bear, though. <laughs> a party of <laughs> men led by the governor came up to Maidstone, where the old bear had been reported seen only the day previous, stealing a ham out of a smokehouse, pushing over haystacks, <laughs> and doing sundry other damages. This is just fucking, what's the goddamn Yogi Bear? Yogi Bear, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fucking oh, stole oh, oh, he stole a ham out of a smokehouse. Boo Bear, I, th- I stole a ham out of a picnic basket. Gee, Yogi. <laughs> the I fucking governor the is the, the... Governor's the ranger. Yeah, yep, this is exactly what this is. <laughs> Upon arrival, the governor produced a bottle of ointment and proceeded to soak himself with it. <laughs> it was, he said, you were close. It was, he said, the scent of a female bear. Oh my god, was, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you were going to do that, why would you put it on yourself? <laughs> and was his plan, which had never been tried before. Because not everybody's a fucking lunatic. That's why it had never been tried before. The government. Well, I just don't. You could just pour it on the ground, mm-hmm. sir. You could just pour that on the ground. No, no I no. gotta lather myself up. It in won't this. work if I don't get it all. Worked it up won't work the if crevices. the bear don't eat my ass. All right. Yeah. Oh, if the bear, the bear needs to me. eat my ass in order for this to work. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he, the governor, then loaded his gun and went into the woods. <laughs> I'm just Shortly. imagining he's just wearing underwear, like yeah. tidy whities too, like, like a fucking, fucking thong. He's wearing an elephant thong. <laughs> Um, it was, uh, so he loaded, he loaded his gun and went into the woods. Shortly thereafter, he came running out of the woods toward the hunting party with Slippery Skin right behind him. Out of my way, They're boys! Both, they both can be called Slippery Skin now. Yes, at this point, yes. Shouted the governor, I'm bringing them back alive! Whereupon the entire party scattered in haste for safety. Consequently, no one shot the bear. The governor lost the election that year, and his plan had never, that had never been tried before was never tried again. So vote for me, Governor Galusha. You mean Governor Bear Piss? That's, well, now yeah. I didn't. I Here, did wait, soak myself in bear piss. I would like I, to not be called that though. If that but is a I think that's an unfair <laughs> assumption of me that just because I soaked myself in bear piss does not make me Governor Bear Piss. Is there with, any questions? So how was the bear piss, Governor Bear Piss? Now what? Well, it got a little in my mouth when I was screaming. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> he came running out of the woods and was like, Boys, that bear done tried to fuck me. I did not see that coming at all. 
Now I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I didn't expect him to be so aggressive. I this didn't, bear I, came running at me, eight massive ass dicks swinging between his legs, saying "Come here!" And I was like, "I ain't having any of this. I'm a Christian man." And so now, I get to running. <laughs> this guy's telling this fucking story in a bar after he's been <laughs> outed out of politics for being fucking insane. Yeah, no, Jonas, we all remember that day. We saw yeah, we you were, screaming yeah. and running out of the woods, covered in female bear piss. You had a bear paw print on your ass cheek. <laughs> That's how we knew. <laughs> he did spank me. And I said, Mr. Bear, that I did not consent to that. Uh, he didn't seem to care, though. So Now, I did not have sexual relations with that bear. <laughs> <laughs> and this... <laughs> And this one comes from Westmore. Long ago, a group of German clergymen were picnicking on the shore of Lake Willoughby one day when they were suddenly set upon by the bear Slippery Skin, who had wreaked <laughs> havoc and fear upon the settlers in these parts. The clergymen were forced to make a swift retreat from the, for the safety of the woods. A short while later, one of the clergymen was reported missing. Authorities found a mutilated body in the underbrush. Later, it was determined that the body was actually the mangled remains of several cheese strudels, which had been part of the clergyman's picnic lunch. The missing clergyman was later found alive and well, it is said, in Chicopee, Massachusetts. These... Hang on. These fucking idiots and thought that cheese strudels was a human being? They didn't even care to, like, shout for his name. They, they were just like, oh, shit. He's dead. I, yes, that's, that's him. I'm sure. Oh no! Oh nine! It's so scary. I'm sure. I'm sure that's him. Um, uh, yeah. These are. Uh, Hang on. These are cheese. Oh my god! These are fucking delicious. This is a cheese. Strudel. Oh, this is cheese strudel. It's really good. Did actually, you guys did, mind you guys, if I... did you make these? Mm. Yeah, you gotta yeah, give me the recipe for this. Is is cheese strudels? Yeah. Yeah. This is. It's not. It's not Victor. Uh, well, no, you see how this clearly, you can clearly see the cheese right here. We don't have this in us. We just thought because of how many cheese strudels Victor ate that maybe he okay, vows the cheese strudels. now I'm understanding. That, that makes sense. Now I don't think you're as dumb. Duh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, Your friend definitely ran away to probably get out of this. Oh, hi, church. guys. It's me, Victor. I was over in the woods. Oh, my God. There he is. Hey. Hey, did, did you, what's in these cheese strudels? Can you give Seriously, me a recipe? which one of you? Made this fucking cheese. Stir. It's fucking delicious. I need to know. And finally, from Victory, Slippery Skin the Bear is supposed long ago to have haunted and harassed the settlers of Victory. Among other things, it is related that he would stampede cattle, drag yeah, by, trees by attacking the cattle because he's a bear. Got it. Bear. Drag trees through the cornfields and throw. Betty stones just walked through the cornfields because again he's a bear and throw stones at the school children. That one's just a lie made up by children. <laughs> That one's clearly just the children were like, the bear threw rocks at me. It's like, no, Ma he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. You're a fucking liar. Many hunting parties were organized to hunt him down, but they were fruitless. He was a shrewd and wily animal, if one is to believe the stories, and he seemed to enjoy the chase. An early account states, the bear would back right back into the track in, in the tracks of his forward movement, with such accuracy and precision, precision that no one did... Fucking hell, they wrote this so weird that no one who did not suspect the trick would see any signs of a reverse movement until the bear came to some large rock or knoll, then give a long leap onto a bear spot 
<laughs> and, and move off in a in a direction diverging from that just pursued. What the fuck does, did that say? I, I felt think, like I stroked out as I read that. I think I think guys in these villages just liked eating shit faced and would fuck things up, and <laughs> yep. then their wives would be pissed, and oh, they would have to I be was, like, "It's definitely a bear." That I we better go out. We better get the boys together and head up into the woods. Jebediah, did you shit in the kitchen again? No, that was old Slippery Skin. You can tell by the fact that he looked like he'd been eating uh, peanuts. Um. Anyway, uh, we're Jebediah, gonna head up. There's shit on your trousers. The, the bear done shit my britches. <laughs> what a nut. Yo, where's, get Jonah up here. We're going. Jonah, we're going to the woods. To We're going to the woods again to catch this damn bear. <laughs> we're just going to go get shit-faced in the woods again. God damn it. Oh, shit. Did I whisper that to you, honey? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I am still drunk. <laughs> this was some pups. I'm the bear. <laughs> hunting dogs were said to be of no use in hunting him down since the bear was... Because it was a bear and they were afraid of him. Since the bear was so old, his scent had long before worn off. Not how smells work. <laughs> Not <laughs> even close to how smells work. However, it is difficult to separate facts Have from you smelled an old person? They smell they worse than stink. young people. <laughs> it is difficult to separate fact from hearsay concerning this animal. It's honestly not. I've been doing it this entire story. It was really easy. <laughs> so, was Slippery Skin really just smarter than the average bear? Or was Maybe a little bit. Or was something else entirely? Nope, a just a bear. Nope. A mischievous demigod or trickster? A Absolutely not. Perhaps Probably a Northeast not. Kingdom Bigfoot? Or a nope. Native American who was just trying to discourage the white men from intruding on his homelands and hunting territories? We may never Maybe, truly know. Maybe, but I doubt it. We may never truly know, but what we do know is that Mason is going to tell us whether he thinks this legend is Brother Spooky or nice. Brother Kooky. Thank you. I think it's... Uh, I enjoy the idea of a bear harassing these people. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, most of the stuff I'm doubting happened. happened. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I believe that there was probably a basis to this, that there was certainly probably a bear. Right. But I, whether it was, like, a real thing, not at all. No way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Mason, shall we do an ad? Alright, yeah, let's do an ad. Darkness falls across the land, and the midnight hour is close at hand. Yes, that's right, it's Spooktober. Do you know what that means, Mason? Uh, my doctor yells at me for how much candy I eat. Uh, no, it, um, wow, you're a grown man. Uh, yeah, he's. I've just been. I've gotten six cavities uh, in Christ. twenty days. Oh, I've added. I've eaten sixteen pounds of Twix. Jesus fucking Christ! No, it means that now is the best time to dive into the macabre and the occult, into the worlds of demons and ghosts, of witches and aliens, of killers and psychos. I, for instance, have been watching a horror movie every night. I actually just watched the Evil Dead reboot last night. Probably not the best thing to do right before I went to sleep. Uh, and thanks to our friends at Audible, I have also been listening to some very spooky audiobooks. I just watched the uh, the original Evil Dead uh, uh, like last weekend. Oh, no way. So did I, actually. <laughs> it's pretty good. It it's held up. Very good. I yes. like Bruce Campbell. Yes. Right? Right? Yeah. Do you know why I like Bruce Campbell? Why? 
Because audio Audible boasts <laughs> Transition to the stars Audible boasts a collection of thousands of audiobooks And the thing that Audible offers busy people Who don't have time to sit down and read a book Is found time Which is the opposite of lost time Like when you're abducted by spooky dookie aliens Yes Found time is the ability to listen to a great audiobook when you're on the move, while you're commuting, cooking, making a Halloween costume, decorating for the party that you have coming up, eating all that candy that which the doctor is like, oh my god, you need to stop putting on your headphones while the doctor is telling you about the, the, the problems of early onset diabetes because you're just listening to a book about it. It's fucking great. Man, do you want to talk about it? I, I feel like you gotta listen to your doctor. Um, I, the only doctor I'm listening is Doctor Oz's book on Audible.com. I don't. You better cut that part out. I don't even know if he's got a book on there. <laughs> but, uh, Audible. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna. Re, it's I'm, in I'm your ears. <laughs> right now, you can get a 30-day free trial by going to audibletrial.com/captainslog or by clicking the link in the show notes. But if audiobooks aren't your thing, they also have a huge collection of podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, A-list comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. Honestly, what reason do you have for not giving Audible a try? You know, not listening to your doctor, it's hard work. And I'm going to be spending a lot of time not listening to my fucking doctor. <laughs> so, you know, I might as well enjoy an audiobook while I'm doing it. I, uh, I'm recommending Lovecraft Country by Matt Ruff and narrated by Kevin Kennerly, which was recently adapted into a television series of which I have heard great things. It's super fucking good. The book and the, the show. Mm. Go get started. I've read and watched both. Fantastic. Because I'm better than you. You are. So, go get started on your... Well, my doctor <laughs> doesn't yell at me for the candy thing, but... Go, well. get <laughs> go get started on your 30-day trial now by going to audibletrial.com slash captainslog or by, again, clicking the link in the show notes. And you'll be helping us out while helping yourself out. So go get started now and enjoy the rest of the podcast. Everyone knows diabetes is a hoax. And finally, we arrive for some clam chowder in the pine tree state of Maine. Some Light pine tree clam chowder? I don't like those two together. Mm, yeah. I don't like clams. I don't like seafood. <laughs> Can we go big, somewhere I'm, else? <laughs> it's on the it's on the road, man. It's we already planned this road trip. We got to fucking shut up, all right? Lighthouses. They were created to guide and protect ships out at sea during treacherous conditions. They were a literal beacon of safety. But the life of a lighthouse keeper wasn't so symbolic and pure. No it shit. Have you seen the lighthouse? I still haven't. It's on my oh list. Oh my god, it's, it's my so list. good. It it's was, a good Halloween movie. I think, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to watch probably tomorrow night. <clears throat> it Dude, was, it's so good. My mom hated it. I really? Think. Well, I was just she was just like, this is fucking weird. Yeah, no, like, I was just so having a conversation good. with some friends, and they were like, I liked The Witch. I didn't like The Lighthouse. And I said, well, it's not for dummies. Not that Mason's okay, mom is a dummy. you just call my mom? No, 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 wait, 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 wait. She listens no. to this podcast. Oh, no. You fuck. Ah, I fucked up. Um... I'm going to move on and pretend like I didn't say anything. The life of a She's lighthouse gonna keeper. She's going to fucking text me. I hope you know this. <laughs> the life of a lighthouse keeper wasn't so symbolic and pure. It was dull, repetitive, and often unbearable. Slowly driving the poor souls marooned on the islands that housed them insane. And that is exactly what legend says occurred on Seguin Island. Seguin Lighthouse is Maine's second oldest lighthouse. 
originally commissioned by George Washington himself in 1795. But Seguin is best known to locals for a different reason. You see, legend states that in the 1800s there was a lighthouse keeper who, whose name has been lost to history, unfortunately. I'm going to call him Uncle Grumpy. Uncle Grumpy, who lived on the island with his wife, Aunt Cheery, who had mm-hmm. become bored by the repetitive lifestyle of the isolated island. So, in order to cheer his wife up and give her something to do, the keeper ordered a piano to be delivered to the island. The only problem was that the piano only came with one sheet of music, and so the wife would play it over and over again until she perfected it. After some time had passed, the keeper suggested to his wife that he should order new sheet music. She, unfortunately, did not catch his hint, and continued to play the tune over and over again. Uh, Ah, sweetie. Yes? You know, we could order more music for that. But why would you want to? This song rocks. Eventually, after having heard the song over and over again, day and night, day and night, something in the keeper snapped. Like a character out of an Edgar Edgar Allan Poe story, he was driven mad by the repetition and took an axe to the piano. When the instrument I think, uh, to be fair, if I could say that in proper lighthouse speaker talk, it was, I took the axe to the piano. That's very good, actually. When the instrument had been completely decimated and nothing but wood splinters remained, he turned on his wife. And Wait, okay, the- uh, real quick. She never once was like, what if I just make up my own song? Nope. <laughs> also, everybody knows chopsticks. Right. Um, She's going to play chopsticks. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. That's not no, it's it's dun 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 dun. Is that Darude sent by Sans? Is that Sandstorm by Darude? I don't fucking know. It's one of those songs everybody it's knows. It's Alex F. Is what it is. You know, like I, that, yeah. like, that pedophile, F, yeah. like that like pedophile, like that pedophile guitar pedophile from riff. Joker. Yes, exactly. It's one that everybody knows. Hey, now we have given him money by humming that. When the instrument had been completely decimated and nothing but wood splinters remained, he turned on his wife and brought the axe down on her in his fit of rage, not stopping until all signs of life had drained from her body. Man, something about the 1800s and just fucking axing people. It's fucking badass. It's fu- I mean, I, it's bad, but like, you know, cool. It's bad it's axe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I quit the podcast. <laughs> After he finally came down from his rage-induced trip, he looked around him and actually processed what he had done. When he realized he had committed murder, he took his own life too. Oh, Visitors no. to the island claimed to still hear the ghostly sound of piano music coming from the keeper's house. Others claim that it isn't that it's it isn't just the spirit of the lightkeeper and his wife that haunt the island. Many sailors have reported seeing a young girl running around the fields of the island. There is another story that involves an official from the Coast Guard who had spent the night in the lighthouse when it was being decommissioned in 1985. He was in the process of removing all the furniture from the old keeper's house. When night came and the officer slept, he was awoken by the ghost of an old lightkeeper who was dressed in old-fashioned oilskins. The apparition spoke to the officer, saying... Do you want to take this one? Don't take the furniture! Please leave me home alone! As they finished loading the boat and prepared to return to the mainland, a mysterious accident caused the boat to sink and the furniture went with it. 
So, Mason, why don't you spill your beans? Do you think this lighthouse legend just is spooky spill or your damn beans? Cookie. Um, I think it's spooky only because I love lighthouses and that mm. I like this whole aesthetic. Oh, is fuck. Like... I forgot to include this. <laughs> there is a fucking laughably bad video that was made by, oh, uh, fuck, what was the old show called? Creepy But True, where this fucking girl, like, goes and spends the night there. And she's like, I'm so scared to spend the night on Sagwin Island. <laughs> she doesn't talk like that, actually. Not even close. <laughs> but, and it's just, I'll include it in the show notes. It's so fucking bad. At one point, she's got a whole-ass camera crew with her. And at one point, she's being interviewed afterwards. And she's like, when I was walking through the woods, I felt like there was somebody behind me the whole time. And the comment section was just like, yeah, the fucking cameraman, you idiot. <laughs> I just, um... I heard that sometimes at night, when you're really quiet, you can still hear the old man sing. We can dance if we want to. We can leave our friends behind. Because your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, then they're no friends of mine. And then his wife joins in, and like together... We can dance if we want to! <laughs> um, Mason, so it's spooky for me, too, because I... Love like Yeah, I uh, yes. I mean like the whole aesthetic of it yeah. is and, and, very spooky. Um it's a spooky look it's a spooky island. It's a spooky looking island. I bet it's I'm assuming it's foggy and got mm-hmm. tall trees. Ish. Mason many I times, hear that a woman was once cyberbullied on that island. <laughs> she had it coming, that's a thing. Mason, oh. many a times you have heard me talk about how I would love to disappear into the woods and live a life of seclusion with only the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. This whole episode is Disney been just owns a, us now. Yeah, it's been a collection of songs. This is John a musical Favreau episode. just appeared in my room, and he's <laughs> oh telling, God. he's doing that thing where he drags his finger across his throat. Oh no! What does he want? So he's got a tickle in his throat. Is that what he's saying? Uh, he's actually just going to the bathroom, so oh. I don't really. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind well, of weird. I, well, I'll. I'll, I'll update you when he comes okay. out. Well, according to legend, someone in the rural woods of Maine has done exactly this. He is known to locals as the North Pond Hermit, the Mountain Man, and the Hungry Man. According the frozen to dinners? Legend, yes. <laughs> he created a line of frozen dinners there. Yeah. According to legend, this man has lived in the woods the majority of his life. But unlike regular hermits, he doesn't keep to his own. Instead, he well, prowls. That's not a hermit, then, is he? Exactly. He prowls the campsites and stalks the cabins of the area, waiting for the right opportunity to strike. While he doesn't take lives, he does take material possessions. He breaks into cabins and raids them clean of their food, but never any valuables. Okay, so he's a homeless man. Got it. Yep. <laughs> this strange nature has unsettled many locals who fear a visit from the hermit fearing that a face-to-face encounter could lead to a more violent interaction. And or, we're here with Sally Field... Sally Friendl... Sally Fields. Sally <laughs> Friendlingers. And she's going to tell us about her fears about the strange man who's been breaking into the cabin and stealing food. Sally, tell, Sally, tell us about this. I just don't like giving handouts. He seems like he's a liberal, and I don't like that at all. That's true. We've heard several reports that he's a stinky man. And stinky men don't deserve human decency. Yes. So I got this shotgun to shoot him next time he's here. That's excellent. Anyway, back to you. We're going to talk about how communism is destroying America. (laughs) Or that the lack of food could lead him to hunger for something other than peanut butter. 
Spooky Nutella. or Cookie Mason? I mean, that's dumb. It's just a homeless guy who wants food? Yeah, not very kooky to me. Whatever, leave some food out for him. Stop being yeah, assholes. Yeah. The fear is that he one day, he's only taken food up until now, but one mm. day, what if he murders you? I don't think he will. He's yeah, been I don't think very he will. careful to not. I think his whole thing is that he's homeless and is and ashamed hungry. of it, but he's also very hungry and right. doesn't want to die. Well, as is often the case for some of our legends, this one is based in fact rather than fiction. His name is Christopher Knight, and for roughly 27 years, he has been to rural Maine, where the Loch Ness Monster is to Scotland. Lore, myth, and legend. He is the man responsible for I think of- you mean that the Loch Ness Monster is the Christopher Knight <laughs> right, of Maine. Sorry. Right. Uh, he is the man responsible for decades of break-ins in North Pond cabins. His crimes had a pattern. They would spike before Memorial Day and after Labor Day. And the items are ranged from batteries to packaged food to skillets to paperback novels. He apparently loved back issues of National Geographic and Playboy. Don't blame him. Sure. Uh, both have titties in them, so that's fun. And preferred well, Bud to Bud Light. He rarely well, stole anything. More flavor. Right. He rarely stole anything truly valuable except for the rare occasion when a couple returned to their cabin to find a mattress missing from one of the bunks, but the passports that they had stashed underneath were left in view in a closet. The hermit, okay, so he stole like a twin-sized mattress? Mm-hmm. Okay. The hermit was considerable that way. If he had to remove a door from its hinges to get in, he always put it back. He never broke uh-huh. a window or rifled it through belongings. He would always leave the cabins as clean as he had found them. As time uh-huh. went on, the residents installed security systems to try to catch the hermit. In 2013... Don't fuck yourself. Just leave a bag of food mm-hmm, on the mm-hmm, steps and he well, won't break into your uh, house. So that's the thing. Is some people did. But he never took that food because he feared that it was poisoned. Oh my god. In 2013, the Pine Tree Summer Camp installed motion sensors and floodlights, a plan devised by Sergeant Terry Hughes, who was frustrated and obtained new technologies developed by Homeland Security (laughs) to catch the hermit and had the camp's alarm silently routed to his home. Now, goddammit, we're gonna catch this motherfucking homeless man breaking into our camp, stealing our peanut butter crackers and cheese. And as he's saying that, he's just running behind him like, like, um, like, uh, Jerry in Tom and Jerry. (laughs) He's just behind him, like, with the food. Now, scouts, repeat after me. I don't know what I've been told. I don't know what I've been told. Hermit stealing food is mighty old. Hermit stealing food is mighty old. When we catch him, we're gonna cut him. When we catch him, we're gonna cut him. Wait, what? Open his belly and take the food back. Open his belly and take the food. Jesus Christ, Sergeant Terry. Then we're gonna eat his skin. And we're gonna eat his skin. (laughs) Make him wish he'd never been here. We're broken. Oh, damn it. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> That's so good, and I fucked it. Uh, on an early April morning in 2013, Hughes was awoken by that alarm and sped to the camp. He expected to face a hard I'm just imagining him with, like, he's got his fucking gun in his hand, like, got my fucking gun, we're gonna fucking catch this goddamn homeless man stealing food like a fucking... Homeless, homeless man. man. You know what, Never. I'm going to think ah. of what to say when I get there. I work better under pressure. He expected to face a hardened veteran like Rambo or a ruthless criminal. 
Instead, he was met with the clean-shaven, bespectacled face of a pale, well-fed, six-foot-tall man in new jeans, quality work boots, and a Columbia jacket. He said Hello. nothing and accepted that he was finally caught. That you're the you're the you're the guy that's been stealing shit for like twenty years. Yeah, that's me. Damn, this Hi. is a bit of a. Dis- Do you want to put up a struggle or something? Can I shoot you in the leg? No, please don't. Could you stop aiming that gun at me? I can, not until his boner goes away. No. <laughs> that's. It seems like you shouldn't be around a kids' camp. Hey. I'm a police officer. This is what we do. Christopher oh. Knight. <laughs> Christopher Knight disappeared. I have never told the story. Maybe I shouldn't. Oh, Our school can't. resource officer in high school slept with one of the students. He never faced prosecution, even though she was underage. If that doesn't f- tell you why we should fucking take money away from police departments, <laughs> I don't know uh, what will. <laughs> it was you... consensual, apparently, but she was a minor. Still, so how consensual yeah, can it still, be? Uh, that's, uh, he was a piece of shit. Imagine... None of us really liked him. So, it, you know, it can was good to finally have something other... to pin on him. It, it just, uh, there's no worse combination of absolute power and the refusal to uh, to speak out against someone in your mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. fucking group. He was it's like, almost like the KKK put... in the 50s. <laughs> almost weird, almost, right? Almost, yeah. He was put on, uh, I think, paid leave. Um, oh well, good. At least he couldn't uh, and do then his he was job. Reassigned. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um, the girl, sadly enough, sad for his son. I think mm. same age so, as yeah. his son. And oh, it's like, damn, bro, Jesus you couldn't Christ. get any pussy. Ugh. And your dad could. You know what the only difference is between police officers and Catholic priests are, right, Jose? One has a badge. Uh, no, one isn't a racist piece of shit. And that's the, that's the Catholic priest. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Knight disappeared, and we got real serious there, but it's okay. I'm sad now. I made I know, myself sad. I know. Christopher Knight disappeared in 1986 at the age of 20. Knight grew up in a tiny village. They would go on dates, Mason. She thought that it was okay. Doesn't matter. We don't have to get into it. This is a whole... Yeah, that's, it's rape. That's statutory yeah. rape, and right. it's not it's, okay. Uh, what's the thing where um, you fall in love with your captor? Um, Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome. He fucking... I bet he watched, uh, I bet he watched American Beauty and was mm-hmm. like, wow. I gotta get on this Spacey's shit. character. What a good guy. Yeah, right? Fuck you, Officer Carlson. I'm not although afraid to I, say names. Although, to be, fra- to be fair, Kevin Spacey's character in American Beauty didn't have sex with a teenager, so that's mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah. Christopher Knight Although, dis- Kevin Spacey, you know what? It's fine. Mm-hmm. Christopher Knight disappeared. Isn't it funny that his, char- that his shitty character was still better than him? <laughs> Kevin Spacey. <sighs> anyway. Christopher Knight disappeared <laughs> in 1986. Isn't, this is a fun podcast about <laughs> spooky ghosts and sometimes the Statutory even spookier rape. horrors of the real world. <laughs> and at the age of 20, he disappeared at the age of 20. Knight grew up in a tiny village by the name of Albion in Maine, where cows outnumber people by half. He nice. was the youngest of five in a family of brainiacs, according to him, who lived off the land. <laughs> okay, okay, well, according to him, I mean, that's a little, right. relaxed. Their father studied thermodynamics and built a greenhouse that fed the family through all seasons. His father taught him to hunt, and he took a course in survivalism. Knight did fine in high school by all accounts, but according to him, he felt invisible. Hey, man, I've been there. Welcome to my life. (laughs) And shortly after graduation, he took what little money he had and drove his 1985 Subaru Brat all the way up to Moosehead Lake, one of the most remote places in Maine. Once there, it was like the decision had been made for him, and he knew what he had to do. 
He told no one, not even his mother, of his plan. His family never filed a missing persons report. They just assumed Knight had gone off on an adventure. When asked why he chose a life of solitude, Knight simply said, It's a mystery. I just did it. Knight well, it it's a mystery. I just kind of uh, did it. <laughs> Knight, I assume he's a simpleton. He seems know, like a simpleton. Uh, Knight, Not like, you know, one of those guys that's like, he's like very smart, but just as like very, very solemn spoken kind of guy. Like, he's like the Unabomber, but he didn't kill people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like good. Like if the Unabomber used like, his powers for good. Yeah. Knight found a clearing in the woods, set up a tent, and devoted himself to the Greek philosophy of Stoicism. His crimes, Knight said, were about harvest time, a very ancient instinct. Knight claims he had little knowledge of the damage he had done to the community, but said Which was, it was none. Right. He did no damage to that community. I saw the thing, and it was like, I think in total, it, uh, he was charged for like $300 worth of stealing. <laughs> Once again, not to jump back into this, but... Property damage does not equal violence. Mm -hmm. They're not the mm -hmm. same thing. Mm -hmm. Also, he's considerate as fuck. He would take your door off and put it back on. He put your door back on. Um, he said it was hunger that forced him to commit his crimes. Knight makes the semi-convincing argument that it is mainstream society in need of help, not him. And I love this quote. He says, uh, this is an author who wrote a book. He says, He was confounded by the idea that passing the prime of your life in a cubicle, spending hours a day at a computer in exchange for money, was considered acceptable, but relaxing in a tent in the woods was disturbed. Fucking bars, man. <sighs> Jesus I'm gonna go get a Christ. rope. You just made, I read that in, at work and I was like, fuck. I read that at work on my computer <laughs> at my tiny desk and I was like, ah, oh, man. I'll be up on the roof, but uh, not for long. Oh. Knight emerged <laughs> from the woods with no grand epiphany, no guiding philosophy. He longed solely for all the quiet I can take, consume, eat, dine upon, savor, relish, and feast. <laughs> That's, that guy's great. Yeah, right? You should write a book. Yeah. Uh, white ladies, Mason, are you a fan of them? Uh, not really. No, not those white ladies. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about, uh, although I am a fan of those. Uh, Anybody is listening? Uh, they're not great. Uh, J.Vaya underscore junior. Go ahead and DM me. Um, I'm talking about a white lady specter, a woman in white, the ghostly oh, bride. Yes. Yes. This we've covered. We've talked mm -hmm. about yeah. them before. This nickname, The ones that call the police because black people are simply enjoying their lives. Just existing in the world. Yes. Well, you're walking your dog? Well... <laughs> I think you should probably get the police involved. You're walking your dog threateningly. Yes. This nickname refers to spirits and entities that supposedly haunt the many lonely roads across America. As Mason said, we are no strangers to this legend, having covered many in this series so far. But Maine has their own famous lady in white, urban legend with one little change to the formula that makes it interesting to me. This is the legend of the ghost on Catherine Hill. There are some nights that locals... Her name is Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin on Catherine Hill. Her name is Mary. There are some nights the locals say that if you are unlucky, you might spot the figure of a woman walking along the side of the road, near Fox Pond. Her name is Catherine, and she has been restless for decades. You can choose to stop and help her, but legend says, should you choose to drive on, you might find yourself losing control of your vehicle or experiencing dangerous bad luck in the coming weeks. If you do choose to stop, and helper, you might notice something very peculiar about her. She is missing 
her head. The legend- uh, hey, hi, ma'am. Sorry. Yeah, I just saw you were walking. I thought I'd stop by see if you need a ride anywhere. Oh, I, you know, I, this is very strange. I just noticed you're missing your head. Did you know that? Right. See, I get it. You're not really talking because the lack of a head thing. Did you want a ride or... I'm gonna open the. Do- I'm gonna open that. Uh, you're not getting in. I'm gonna go ahead and close that again. All right, I'm gonna go. You had. I feel like I've given you ample chances to get in the car, and you're just standing this. So I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna. Goodbye. The legend essentially <laughs> goes like this. That was. I was gonna say something, but she wouldn't because she doesn't have a head. Right, yes. Unless while you were asking the questions, the... in the in the distance you heard Hey! Did you did you find my body? Yeah. Hey yeah. come yes. around the corner. I'm over here. Tell it to get in the car. Get uh, get in the car? Is it it doesn't want to listen sometimes. Is it doing it? It's not it's not getting in the car, oh, no. Oh fuck me. <laughs> hey, fuck. can I I've got ice cream in the back. Can I go? Fuck! I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to move with my teeth. It doesn't. It doesn't sound oh, like shit, it's. I'm falling down the hill. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, I just the ice cream. Oh. I'm gonna go. There's a deer licking me. Get the fuck away from me, you fucking deer! The I, legend. I let him face down on some shit. Oh, <laughs> fucking hell. The legend essentially goes like this. A young woman by the name of Catherine is driving down Route 182 with her boyfriend. Depending on who you ask, the year is different. Some say it took place in the 80s and the couple was leaving their prom, or it was the 1930s or 1920s, or it was the 1860s and they weren't it in was a car, but somewhere between the It was somewhere between the years 1900 and 2000. <laughs> The fog is thick and heavy that night, and as they round the corner, they get into an accident near Fox Pond. Catherine is decapitated on impact, and her boyfriend's body is mysteriously never found. Catherine's spirit is doomed to walk the highway looking for help, her boyfriend, and her head. If she's seen by a driver, he or she must stop to help her, lest they risk her curse. One version of the legend has a motorist refusing to stop and help her, only to to look in his rearview mirror to find her headless body sitting in his back seat, losing control and crashing and dying on impact. Which, if this was the case, how the fuck did they hear this account? Who, well, who's telling these <laughs> that's stories? That's a good point. It's a good point. But also, what I'm saying is, like, what does, seriously, what happens if you stop to try to help her? Does it, you know what I mean? Like, is it really just like you just sit there? Like, Yeah, some people are like, sometimes she does have her head, but that's not as fun to me as her not having her head. That's true. That's what even I still. It's just like you know. I don't know. That's fucking silly. Get in, and then she says nothing to you and just hops in. Do you yeah, like? It? Well, if she doesn't get in, it's like yeah. How long do you have to stay before mm-hmm. she doesn't mm-hmm. kill you? Uh, and then when she gets in, if you play the wrong music, you're fucking dead. Hey, are you a fan of foreigner? No. Oh, okay. How about a little talking head? Not like that. Okay. Mm. I'm losing control of the car, and I'm crashing. Very well. Yeah, this is fair. This was on me. I shouldn't have been listening to this song. <laughs> Catherine, named for Catherine Mountain. Oh, talking heads. I just got it. <laughs> Catherine. 
I just thought, well, she wouldn't like it because I feel like you have to be, you know, Catherine or Talking Heads isn't for everybody. I feel I think it should be. Oh, well, Talking yeah. Heads is for everybody. Everybody loves Talking Catherine Heads. Name, Catherine name. You may find yourself. Oh fuck! A large automobile. You, you don't have Instagram, but I'll have to send you this fucking hilarious Instagram post after this. Um, okay. Anyway, Catherine, you may find yourself <laughs> driving down the road in the middle of the night, and you may find yourself stopping to help out a ghost, and you may ask that ghost. Uh, that's, that's it. That's it. Catherine, Where the <laughs> days go on, and the water holds me down. <laughs> In the water underground. Catherine, named for Catherine Mountain, the 1,000-foot hill near Fox Pond, may have been a real person, though just when she lost her head is up for debate. Some argue that she was an actual Cherryfield resident by the name of Catherine Downing, who died in 1862, and whose name can be seen on a gravestone in a nearby graveyard, though there is no record of Catherine dying in an accident. Marcus Labrizzi, a professor at the University of Maine at Machias. It's me, Marcus LaFuckin'Brizzy. I'm the fucking professor. Okay, anyway. Uh, The author of Dark Woods, Chill Waters, Ghost Tales from Down East Maine, has researched ghost stories all over the world, but this particular one is very interesting to him. Quote, what also sticks out, in in particular the Catherine story, uh, it defies the old saying that the dead can't hurt you, only the living can. I've never she heard that saying before in my life. Uh, actually, my mom used to say that to me all the time growing up, because I was a big really? fucking coward for ghosts, and she was like, you dumbass, I can't do anything to you. Uh, so she- <laughs> the fire can't go through walls, stupid, it's not a ghost. <laughs> while while Labrizzi has never encountered the headless specter himself, he has heard about and experienced the unexplained phenomenon associated with Route 182. Quote, there are lots of electromagnetic anomalies. Oh, hang on. <clears throat> there are lots of electromagnetic anomalies documented. You'll be driving along and the car will completely stall out and everything shuts down, Labrizzi said. It's like you go through a force field. It happened to me. I had kids and animals and shit in the car. Even just last year, there was a fatal accident on 182. There's a lot of bad shit that happens there. Labrizzi goes on to say, Well done. <laughs> The past and the present are almost overlapping here. It sometimes makes me wonder if all these different stories here in Washington County are just ways of putting on a face on something that's way older than Catherine. You know what I'm saying? Way older than a carriage accident. Sometime, something that's been here longer than any of that. So, Mason, would you start for this headless legend? (laughs) Would you tell her to fuck off? (laughs) That That wasn't your most articulate. Nope. Here's the thing about this one. So for me, I think it's kind of spooky just for the fact that she's headless. Because I'm like, I'm driving down this lonely-ass country road. I see somebody in the distance. I never stop for for hitchhikers anyway. Right, yeah, because you'd get murdered. Because I don't want to die. But I see her in the distance, and I'm like, oh, that's fucking weird, this lady. And as I'm getting closer, I'm like, holy shit, she doesn't have a head. Right. That is spooky, but it's also very dumb legend. I just love how it... Because ghosts are overdone. Okay, everyone and their mother's seen a ghost. Exactly. Now a headless ghost. Ladies and gentlemen, you got a Hollywood script. That's a thing right there. Uh, We're going to get Justin Lin to direct. Patrick Wilson is going to be in it. Justin Lin? Oh, yeah. I was thinking of James Wan. Either or. James Wan is who I meant to say. Yep. I thought so, yeah. All right. Now, uh, anyway, gonna... I don't. I never answer. Oh yeah, sorry. 
Go ahead. Um, oh man, I'm gonna be honest. I don't even have an answer. <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's kind of spooky. Yeah. I mean, bit, I right? I just I can't stop imagining what happens if you actually stop and then like <laughs> it's just fucking sitting there. I guess because I guess most people would just be like as, as soon as they see it's a headless ghost would be like go and drive you, away. You grab like what like your you fucking just put your window down and you just poke. You're like, hey lady, hey. <laughs> Hey. You just get, you get out and you're, you just pick up the body and like start pushing it into the bag of the car. It get in. wants to like get out and you're like, no, wait. Hey, God damn it. Hey, get, <laughs> buckle up. You have to buckle up. Putting it in a, a kid's car in a seat. Kid's seat. <laughs> All right. Now I'm very gonna... concerned you don't have a head, madam. We have to get you to a hospital. <laughs> Look, I don't want to spook you, but your fucking head is gone. Don't freak out. I'm going to get you help. <laughs> Can you even hear me? I don't. You know what? It's fine. Let's just go. All right. Now, we're going to finish off with a short one. Uh, this is a short one-time strange encounter, Mason. In the obsolence of oracles, Greek historian Plutarch... Did you write that name? No. That's, cl- that's classic Jose alliteration. Obsolence of oracles, right? Yeah, no. This yeah. is uh, Greek historian Plutarch. Uh, he <laughs> oh, Plutarch. Gotcha. Yeah. He wrote that a sailor by the name of Thamus was on his way to Italy when suddenly a great divine voice spoke to him from across the water. Twice he was called and made no reply, but the third time he answered, and the caller, raising his voice, said, When you come opposite to Pelodes, announce that great Pan is dead. Pan is, of course, the Greek god of nature and father of satyrs. Sure, yeah, I knew that. You didn't even have to tell me that. I knew that off the top of my head. Also, I fucking Pan, love that satyrs. Satyrs. Uh, the, 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 the god Pan is dead. Because it's like an allegory for, you know, our damage to nature. Anyway. And I bring yeah, this and up, also, Mason. I mean, you don't have to tell me because I know what a satyr is, but you it's should a, probably tell it, the audience. It's, it's a goat. It's a goat person. A goat man. Oh, it's like me? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a me? Am I a satyr? <laughs> yes, you might be. I might be. I've been uh, okay, eating garbage uh, think recently. satyrs. Um, Percy Jackson. I, I got it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking from, about. A uh, little short guy from Hercules, um, James yes, McAvoy, I, and Narnia. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. But, um, so I bring this up, Mason, because although it seems that Pan might be dead, well, um, yes. his offspring, uh, the satyrs or goatmen, may not be. This comes from the website New England Folklore. Quote, back in the 1950s, a cherry-filled man was driving his truck through the woods outside town. He was a local and had spent most of his time hunting, fishing, and logging in the forest of Maine. Those decades of experience didn't prepare him for what he encountered that. He had filled up his gas tank before he left home that day, so he was very surprised when his truck came to a gradual stop on a lonely road. His gas gauge read empty. He got out and checked the tank. It indeed was empty. He checked the bottom of the truck but couldn't see a leak, and he didn't see any sign of gas dripping on the road. He was annoyed and puzzled, but when he got out from beneath the truck, those emotions turned to surprise, and maybe a little terror. Standing in the middle of the road was a man who was half human and half goat. His lower body and legs were naked, hairy, and shaped like a goat's, while his torso was human-shaped and covered in a flannel shirt. Oh my god, wait, is it? I want to ask my mom if she ever visited this place. I think I might be half a goat person. <laughs> right? <laughs> goat horns grew out of his head, and his ears were pointed like an animal's. I'm just a little guy. I'm just covered in hair. I look like Phil from... Uh, from Hercules, yeah, but do I just don't bit, have yeah. the hooves or yeah. the horns. Or, to our knowledge, I've never seen you wear shorts, so... <laughs> well, that's a good point, so, actually. <laughs> I've never seen you wear shorts or short socks. You could very well I do well wear a lot a of hats. Yeah, and you you do wear hats a lot. <laughs> Holy shit. 
Are you a fucking satyr, dude? No. Why did you why did you go no like a goat? I didn't I didn't do that. I just said no. Okay, see so you did it again. I'm not doing that. Mm. You say no. No. Yeah, so no. Okay. Okay. All right. Then we're gonna have a conversation. Don't afterwards. talk about how I said it normally the time when I told you to say it and then went back to saying it like a goat. Don't worry about that. <laughs> the happening <laughs> So fucking stupid. Gorehorns grew out of his head, and his ears were pointed like an animal's. Other than the goat man, other than the flannel shirt, the goat man looked like a mythological <laughs> sailor. that he's wearing a flannel shirt. Or the Greek god Pan. The half-naked goat man smiled at the cherry field man, and then slowly sauntered into the woods. The man got back into his truck and locked the door. He tried to start the truck, hoping desperately that he could drive home just on fumes. And to his surprise, the engine started. His gas gauge uh, now read full, and he drove home without incident and never saw the Goatman again. This story first appeared in T.M. Gray's New England Graveside Tales. What do you think, Mason? Kind of spooky or a bit too fucking, Mediterranean kooky? I love that story I love that. more than anything I in my it. life. I, um, I just I want oh to God. see. I would love to see a satyr that just is like, I just hey, think man. we should just make that into hey. a short film. You know what I mean? He wasn't like he didn't threaten him or anything. He was just like, he's like, hey. what's up? <laughs> I fixed your truck for you. Hey, you it's just because he's believed. wearing a flannel. I'm imagining well, like he's got a, like a trucker cap between yeah. his horns, and he's it's, like, "Ah, oh, yeah, the gas. Oh, yeah, that happens a lot around you." He's like, "Go uh, check again." It's it's always so funny to me when uh, satyrs wear clothes. Like uh, James McAvoy's, uh, uh, he's had a, a scarf. Pawn, technically, yeah, he had the scarf. Yes, um, but a flannel shirt—that's a whole other level of fucking hilarious. Yeah, I love it. Um, I think it's very fun. I like that legend a lot, actually. I love that. I love um, it so much. It, and the other inter- In the fact, I want to find a satyr costume. That's what I'm going to be for <laughs> Halloween, is thing- specifically the satyr from this story. The thing that is interesting about this is the, the car stalling, because that's very a very common thing with supernatural phenomenon. Yeah. Like <laughs> alien encounters, um, like Mothman sightings, uh, Chupacabra, stuff like that. It's always like reported... That, that that technology or uh, like your vehicles they stall or they they malfunction radio goes haywire so it's kind of interesting um but with that it's time to wrap the show up if you like the show make sure to leave a five-star review which you can do in app we'd really appreciate it plus it really helps the show and we'll read your review on the show just like we're gonna do with spencil 813's review who writes very cool podcast. They definitely do their research and know what they're talking about. Jose sounds like he smells funny, but that's besides the point. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I love that our listeners just want to attack us, you know? I love how, no, I love how it's not that they want to, they're always like, wow, this is great stuff, guys, except for you two kind of suck. But other <laughs> than that, well done. Thanks, Spencil813, for bringing up my very serious medical condition, which occasionally causes me to smell like rancid urine. Uh, That's uh, this has been another podcast by Milkmouth and the Pea Man. <laughs> you, can, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash captain's logcast and donate a dollar, or similarly, you can also donate whatever amount you'd like on Venmo by Venmoing J Valle27. Anything else, keep the lights on. Remember, if you donate, it all goes towards improving the show, getting better recording equipment, getting Mason a Seder costume, etc. Mason, mm. where can people find you? 
You can technically still find me on Twitter, but I haven't checked that thing in uh, months. You gotta check it. The page is I'll buzzing, check it. man. I'll check. Is it? I'll check it right well, now, and I, I bet it's not buzzing. We're at 42 followers, and we used to be at 25. Oh, you're talking about the podcast one. Yeah. I was talking about my personal no. one. No. Uh, well, I fucking tag you and stuff with the podcast thing, and you never respond because you're never on there, and I'm like, oh. I just, I, when I just opened the app, it said, would you like to turn on notifications? <laughs> <laughs> so that could be why. Oh yeah, look at yep, this. There's yep. a whole bunch of tweets. Well, there's two. There's two tweets. There's two me. tweets because I because after the second one, I was like, oh well, he's not responding. Okay, well uh, I will turn on notifications and I'll start. Okay, you can follow me on. Well, what is your Twitter though? To remind people. Oh, it's at Mason Schrader. M A S O N S H R A D E R. I have. Well, I don't even want to say it out loud. It's so sad. I have 13 followers. Let's get them to 20 people, please. But do you know how many tweets I have? How many? Zero. Well, that's fair enough, then. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at j.valle underscore junior. You can see all the cute pictures of my dog. I just got a dog, and I'm going full white girl and posting about him all the time. And the show it's true. on it's Twitter. A, the dog's adorable. He's gross. He's, I am gross. The dog is cute. Uh, and you can follow the show on Twitter at Captain's Log Pod. We recommend various different materials on there and post show updates, tweet some occasionally funny things. So go check it out. Every once in a while, the boys from the last podcast on the left will like a tweet of ours. Oh, they did um, do that once. That Astonishing was Astonishing cool. Legends will like a tweet of ours. And um, uh, uh, fucking Claire, Mr. Sunny Movies from the Weekly Planet and Suggestible will also like our tweet sometimes. So we're pretty big. We're rubbing elbows with the big big dogs of the podcast world. We are, yeah, you um, keep it up. We're going to be the next big thing. Yeah. You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can find me as Jose Valle Jr., uh, Animal Productions, and, of course, the show's official YouTube channel, Captain's Log. Make sure to tell your friends and family about the show if they enjoy it, and if you'd like to tell them about how we missed, a b- if you'd like to tell us about how we missed a bunch of details about a certain story, or if you're thinking of trying the frozen people method on your grandma this winter, please do so by writing in to captainslogcast at gmail.com. You can also suggest episode topics, guests you'd like to have back, uh, etc. Um, this uh, next episode after this episode thirty-one will be a very special episode. We will have. Uh, the um, our friend of the log, Ethan, uh, back on the show. He was on episode ten, uh, so it's been a while, but he's going to be back, and we're going to be doing a variety show, a very special variety, sh- like horror variety themed show for Halloween. Going to be talking about what scares us, doing some creepy pasta readings. Have you guys write in? It's going to get real dark. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to talk about my struggle with depression and the fact that I'll never live up to my father. So just, you know, fun stuff. So you can (laughs) (laughs) make sure to subscribe. Make sure to subscribe. My fear of dying alone. Make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts. My fear of dying with someone else. (laughs) My fear of being eaten by Mason uh, after (laughs) I die. My fear of one day eating Jose. (laughs) Make sure to subscribe and download on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play, and any other podcast directory. Thanks to Carlos Rivera for our new uh, theme. Uh, Thank you, Carlos. Very fun. We love it. Uh, We'll have links to his work and his social media in the show notes. Um, And with that, everybody, we have reached the end of our show. We'll see you soon for another special episode. I've been your Captain Jose Valle Jr., joined by... Sweaty Goat Man Mason Trader. And this has been Captain's Log. End of Transmission. Pew, whoop, boop.